0: I'm curious, do you want to know how to achieve lasting positive transformation, abundance and empower your life? If you are not happy with where you are today and the repeating patterns that represent in your life over and over again, then a radical shift is what's required to help you make changes and live your life more on purpose. All you need to do is sign up to our email list and you will receive an online module on how to create radical paradigm shifts. You can get it completely for free when you sign up to our email list at katherineplano.com. And as a valued subscriber, you are also going to get exclusive content that's only available to our email subscribers, where we will have members-only events, free access to online masterclasses, VIP and discount tickets to all events. Only available for people on our email list, we offer bonus content with more advanced tips that are exclusive. Just for our email subscribers there is an amazing stuff available for you only if you sign up to the email list and you can do that by going to catherineplano.com and sign up on the home page This week we have a super amazing inspirational woman for you, Ollie Waba. Ollie is an educator, speaker, entrepreneur, author and community activist passionate about inspiring and motivating people to be the best they can be. Since her teenage years, Ollie has worked extensively with tweens and teens as well as local charities in her community, providing a helping hand for those who need it the most. Orly began her career in kindness as a middle school educator, teaching the children to embrace unity, build their self-esteem and use the power they have to influence the world for good. Orly is well known for incorporating and integrating ideas of kindness, love and respect in the hearts and minds of her students both in and out of the classroom setting. Oli founded Life Vest Inside in 2011, a non profit organisation with a mission to inspire, empower, and educate people of all backgrounds to live a life of kindness. Life Vest Inside encourages people to embrace the incredible power of giving and recognising that in times of hardship, kindness, like a vest, keeps the world afloat. Live Vest Inside shot to national attention when Orly's short film Kindness Boomerang went viral, receiving over 100 million views and coverage in media outlets such as The Today Show, NBC, CBS and Business Times. In 2013, Orly was invited to speak at TEDx about the power of kindness. Kindness is a gift everyone can afford to give. It's now time to tune into this one beautiful and kindful soul. Enjoy. Well, I'm super excited and it's been some time trying to get this lovely lady on the show and we have Orly Fortune Waba. Welcome to I Am Woman
1: Project. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be able to be on the show and uh, it's been a pleasure to just get to know you a bit. So for our
0: listeners, we were just having a, oh my God, uh, oh, I guess, <laughs> little little moment. Um, uh, I was talking about another guest that we had on the show a little while ago, Dana, who is actually friends with Orly. So there you go. We were just talking about migraines and it's funny how the universe shows up.
1: It's crazy. I said there's definitely a reason why you brought her name up and I said, oh, my goodness, I met her randomly and now I just reconnected with her. So <laughs> everything happens for a reason. We just sometimes don't see it. That's it. So, Oli, we
0: always love to ask with a story. So what is your unique story and how did you get to doing what you are doing, which is amazing, by the way? And uh, and we'll
1: unpack that a little bit more too. Sure, of course. So basically uh, – Life Us Inside, the, the nonprofit organization I started, it's geared, the mission is to inspire, empower, and educate people to lead a life of kindness. But if I were to sum up the entire ideology of the organization, it would really come down to the word empowerment, to mm-hmm. empower people to recognize their value and that they matter, that they're unique and significant. And how I got to this really is based on my own journey. Yes, I began my my journey into wanting to make a change in this world since I was a little child. Really, as young as four years old, it's always been something that I felt very connected to. I felt that there was something I was meant to do to bring people together in this world. And hearing about negativity, animosity happening between people of different backgrounds of religions, what actually hurt me as a kid. And I felt that there was something I was meant to do. I didn't know what, I didn't know how, and when you're a kid, talking about changing the world, people can look at you like you're crazy. And when you're an adult talking about it, they can look at you like you're even more crazy. Uh, but my, my decision to really, in a sense, take this leap and recognize that this is where I want to be came about in my adolescent years when I was 15 years old. You know, as an, as an adolescent, things are difficult as it is. You're trying to figure out who you are amongst people telling you who you should be. And I was a very shy kid. I had a lot of insecurities after going through some hardships with friends in my middle school years and feeling sort of isolated, feeling like I didn't necessarily matter. And I was so shy. I would never be on a podcast. I would never talk in front of people. I would never raise my hand in class. And in the beginning of my sophomore year, we had a bit of a tragedy in my family. We had a fire in my house and overnight my family lost everything. I thank God we were okay. I mean, I'm one of five siblings. So we were physically okay, but inside I was really a wreck. It wasn't just the fire, you know. It was sort of one of those years where everything that could go wrong went wrong. And we thought, okay, it can't get worse. It got worse. My dad had lost his business. One thing after the next continued to collapse around me, sort of those things that are sort of your stronghold. And I was always a very positive person, believing that everything happens for a reason. So I remember even making – sort of making a joke about it the next day, going to school. I'm like, oh yeah, my house burned down, you know, but inside it was killing me. When I got back, I remember, I'll never forget my parents when they got back, um, that day, right after the fire, they didn't know, but I saw them and they were crying and I saw that I saw that they felt destroyed and that destroyed me. And I said, I'm not going to allow my emotions to get the best of me. I want to be able to be strong for them. And I didn't share my feelings with my friends because you know they would just change the subject. They didn't know what to say. And so all these emotions continued to build up inside of me. And one thing I realized as a result of this you know, crazy situation is that sometimes when we go through these hardships, we can't keep those emotions inside of us forever because they eventually come to eat us, eat us from the inside out. And one not so you know special day, I went to sleep and I sort of just didn't wake up the next morning. I fell into a state of very, very, very dark depression and I wasn't. I was home from school for several months. Now during those months, not one person, not one person called, not one person came to see if I was okay. To be honest, I think that that crushed me much more than the fire did. And I was always a kid, like I said, I was very shy. But I love people. I, I really love people. So whether you, I knew you, I didn't know you. If you were home from school, I would take notes for you and bring it to you the next day. And so feeling like. My goodness, I'm home for a few months. Nobody called. Nobody came to visit. It made me feel like I was invisible. Like if I wasn't here tomorrow, would it even matter to anybody? I felt like I didn't count. Believe I could change the world. I didn't even feel like I had a place in this world. And I got into a very bad state of depression. I'm I'm talking about suicidal dark. I just, I didn't want to live. I was angry at everyone, at myself, at the world, at my friends, at God, at everything, at everyone around me. And I just wanted it to end. And I was forced to go back to school. But I wasn't that same kid, that studious kid that would, you know, be there taking down notes and listening to all the teachers are saying and trying to engage. I was that kid in the corner, that kid dressed all in black, that kid, you know, writing morbid poetry, that kid just wanting to be left alone without a smile on their face. And I sort of just wanted to feel, be forgotten. I was forgotten. And then one Not so special morning, I woke up, and I was getting ready for school, and I was looking at myself in the mirror, and I I stared at myself in the mirror. The scariest thing happened. I didn't see myself. I didn't see that four-year-old kid that dreamed of changing the world looking back at me. It was like she was gone. It was like someone took her, and to be honest, that scared me more than anything in the world. And... I said to myself, this can't be my end. I cannot let this be my end. I have to be able to pick myself back up. I didn't know how, I didn't know how, how I was going to do it. I didn't know when, but I made a promise to myself at 15. And to be honest, it's that promise that wakes me up every morning until today. It's that promise that led me into my seven amazing years teaching middle school. It's that promise that led me into life essence inside. It's that promise that led me here to make that move to to Jerusalem and it's that promise that's going to lead me to whatever's next in my life. It was a promise to be there for people the way I wish somebody would have been there for me, to see people the way I wish somebody would have seen me because at the end of the day that's what every single one of us wants, to feel like we're seen, like we matter. Over those next couple of years it was pretty difficult, you know, still walking alone in high school, not really feeling like I had a place, but it gave me the greatest opportunity in the world, an opportunity that most of us don't get to have our entire lives. It gave me the opportunity to fall in love with me for me, not because I wanted to impress that group or that group or I wanted to be accepted into this other group of friends. I was there for me, and what I came to understand and recognize is that who I was was awesome, not because of what I do, but because of who I am. And the more I came to love myself, my confidence began to build. And it only came into fruition and understanding in my senior year of high school. In the beginning of my senior year, we went on a seminar with my entire grade. We were sitting in a circle, and the teacher was talking about obstacles. And I did something I never did before. I raised my hand. I wasn't afraid to engage. And what I found was that the more I gave, the more I healed. And I shared about my story, my obstacles, and people were listening to me, kids that I used to be so super intimidated from. And they came up to me afterwards and asked me for advice. And like I said, the more I gave, healed, and the more I gave, the more I healed. And I came to understand and recognize the power of giving and what it truly does. Because for the first time in my life, even though I was always a giver, for the first time in my life, my giving was coming from a place of strength, not from a place of weakness not because I wanted to impress somebody, not because I wanted to feel accepted, but because I recognized my value in who I am. And so finally that giving was coming from a place of abundance, from a place of strength. And that's when I turned, became, in a sense, the person that I am today. But it's not just a, a, you know, a board game or a video game where you conquer, you, know, you conquer a level and then you're there. It's a constant struggle that we will always face our entire lives reminding ourselves of our value, of our intrinsic value, regardless of what our job title is, or how many social media followers we have, or how popular we are, or how much money we make. Our value is 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 in the small interactions that take us from point A to point B. Because you could be the president of a company, or the guy cleaning the floors in that same company, but your value is still the same. It's in the small interactions that you engage with people, the smiles that you bring to people's face. That's what truly gives us our value. And only when we come to understand our true value can we now see the value in others. And that's how we breed kindness in this world. We can't grow kindness before we can come to understand and truly value ourselves. It's not an action that we do. It's who we are, and it's how we see the world. And that's what really brought me, like I said, to my, to my job teaching. Because my goal was to be able to see my students. Not the outwards, but to see them and help them see each other. To help tear away those labels of popular or not popular. Recognize we all have insecurities, but we all matter. So that's what led me to my, to my lifelong you know, commitment to kindness.
0: Wow. I'm just going to pick my jaw up off the ground right now because I've just got goosebumps over goosebumps. What an amazing story, Ollie. That's just amazing and very courageous. I'm really curious because I know that there's a lot of people that haven't gone through as much, uh, I guess, experiences as, as you've experienced and yet are still finding it really hard to value themselves, love themselves and be kind to themselves. So what was the pivot point? for you that created that shift what was it that you that made you go from uh, that where you were to where you are that transformation piece
1: that's a really great question and the truth is the answer is going to always be different for everyone so it's not like a magic formula like this is what you need to do and you're going to you're going to find your value the thing to understand is every every person, even the people that you might follow on social media, that you're like, wow, they have it made. They, have their, they really know what they're doing in their life. Everybody goes through insecurity. So it's not something awkward or weird or, you know, oh, how come I'm feeling this way? Everybody feels it. And everyone finds their way out of it in their own way. For me, the truth of the matter is was, was faith. Faith is what really got me through, to be honest. Um, you know, like I said, I, I was... During that period, I was angry at everyone, angry at the world, angry at myself, angry at my friends, angry at my family. And I wouldn't, I shut everybody out. But there was one thing I didn't shut out. Even though I was, and that was that was really God. And for everyone, it's different. And I, I don't really talk about that much within the organization, because life as inside is not associated with any religion, it's not—it's—it's it's for everybody. But for me, my story, my personal story, it was really my relationship with, with God. Because I was angry at God, I would scream. I would scream and I was angry, but, I always knew that he was there for me. I'll tell you, there's, you know, when I told you that, that morning that I woke up and I was looking at myself in the mirror, Mm. well, there was a specific phrase that came to my mind. Every morning there's, um, there's a passage that I say and it's in Hebrew, but I'm going to translate it to, to English. And it's, you know, it's basically thanking God for giving you back your, your soul, because they say when a person sleeps, they're like a 60th, they're like a 60th dead. And when they wake up, it's like their soul is being returned to them. But there's two words at the end of that phrase, of that sentence, that I was starting to take a look at and notice. And I started asking the question of why was it written that way? And it says, which means your great faith in me. And I stopped and I said, wait a second. It's weird. Shouldn't it say our great faith in you? Our great faith in you, God, because you give. And I realized, no. It says, your your great faith in me. What I realized it was coming to say is that, Orly, even though you've made mistakes yesterday and the day before, and maybe you'll keep making mistakes, every morning when you wake up, every morning when you take that deep breath in and you have air in your lungs and your heart is beating, that's a sign that God, the king of the universe, is betting on you. That even though you've made mistakes, You're gonna do something, you're gonna bring something into this world today that nobody else can bring. Because there's no extra superfluous people in this world. It's not like, oops, an extra person, no. If you're here, it means that there's a reason you're here. There's something you're going to bring into this world that nobody, I don't care who they are or what their position is, nobody else can bring. Because the way I see it is we're all pieces of the puzzle. Different shapes, different colors, but. Every single piece is the same size. No one piece boasts that they're more important or less important than the other. If one piece is missing in a thousand piece puzzle, that puzzle is not complete. You will not proudly hang that puzzle on your wall. And so this is the concept. This is the idea. And so when I came to, to, to understand that and recognize that, it sort of gave me this sense of calm. That yes, maybe you're not where you... Maybe you're not where you want to be. Maybe you've made those mistakes. But there's a reason you're here. And continuously um, building that that relationship of, you know, if God is betting on me, why am I not betting on myself? And that is what continues to play in my life. Because there's still days where I wake up and I feel down. Or, oh my goodness, am I doing enough? Am, am I enough? I'm not going to tell you I don't question myself anymore. That, that would be a lie. And anybody that tells you they don't is... He's lying. We all do, but each one of us finds our thing that helps to bring us back. For me, for me, it was faith, and for me, it was kindness. Because you know, when you're engaging in kindness, you come to recognize your value. Because you didn't need to be anybody else; you just need to be you to bring a smile to somebody's face. Wow, kindness, and I realized that the entire world, like everything, is built on kindness. Uh, God engages with us in kindness all the time. So the world is built on kindness. And so what I came to realize is why is it that we feel so good when we we do something kind for somebody else? Because in that moment of giving, we're validated for the right reasons. You want to come to understand your value? Start. Because you realize, wow, I didn't need to be that other guy. I just needed to be me. And I brought a smile to somebody's face. That's what helps us understand our true value. Kindness is the tool to empower us. And
0: it's it's part of our deep program, really, isn't it, to be kind and to connect
1: with humanity? It is human nature. It's so easy. The problem is that so many people associate kindness. You know, there are many, many phrases, right? You know, uh, treat your neighbor as you want to be treated. People always focus on kindness. When they think of kindness, they automatically think of what you do for others, right? Or they think of service work. That's not true, you know, because if you don't love you, you won't be able to genuinely love others. But at the same time, it's sort of you have to start giving from somewhere. You have to start giving to be able to recognize your value. So it's it goes both ways, you know, because you have to be able to love you. But sometimes beginning to start giving helps you see the love that you have for yourself because you recognize what you can do just by being you, Mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, you know, when we go onto a plane, what do they tell you? They tell you in case of an emergency, put on your life vest and then help the person next to you secure theirs, even if the person next to you is a child. Now, doesn't that sound unkind? Doesn't it sound callous? I should help myself and then help somebody else. But no, they they actually understand a very important concept in kindness. Well, if you're going to drown, there's no way in the world you'll be able to save anyone else. That's true. So you need to first give a little bit to you. Acknowledge your value. You may not be the person you want to be. You may compare yourselves with everyone else in this world. But acknowledge your value. You still have value. Stop looking at your value based on these external numbers that are just a facade. And unfortunately, we live in a in digital society, in a digital world, where we very often value ourselves based on numbers, numbers that mean nothing. They mean nothing. They're fake. They're so fake to the point that people will buy followings. They'll mm. buy a follower. Like that's how low. We feel that we, we, we're, we're basing ourselves on these numbers, but that's not what brings a person a true sense of happiness. The only thing that can bring a person happiness is you. Mm-hmm. Happiness is not something that we can attain by pursuing it. It's something that we can only attain by actually living it, by embodying it, by, by looking inwardly. It's not looking outwardly. You can't chase it. Otherwise, it'll be something you'll always be chasing. Yeah. By looking first inwardly and recognizing that your life vest, your greatest strength is inside of you, you can now come to help and lift others up in this crazy world with all hardships and curveballs and the, and the storms that try and sometimes pull us downward. That life vest can keep us afloat. That little bit of kindness that we share with one another is what keeps us afloat and gives us the hope to know that it's all going to be Okay.
0: Oh, I love that. I love the whole diversity uh, that's inside of you. So, Ollie, for those that are listening right now, and I know we talk about this quite a bit on the show about loving thyself, what would be a piece of advice that you would like to give to our listeners as the best way to start to start loving and appreciating and being kind to ourselves? What would be a, a, a like a tip?
1: Okay, so there are many ways that you can do this, and I'll tell you. I'm going to give you a few just suggestions, but. The greatest thing is for you to find your own routine. Remember this, OK, because a lot of us can read a lot of, you know, a lot of books or, a, you know, a lot of books that are talking about working on your own self. We all have to find their own routine. So it's not like someone's routine is going to be your end game. Some of the things, you know, to do gratitude is a very big way of, of getting there. So whether you want to whether you keep a gratitude journal, or maybe it's not easy for you to keep a gratitude journal, something that I was doing because I found it difficult to start writing things down is I use my voice notes. Right. And sharing a couple of things that I'm grateful for each day or when something really amazing happens, sharing something that I've done really powerfully in my day sometimes. And, you know, call these like little brags. I was part of a mastermind class some years ago, and the woman, her name is Stephanie Fialio. She's really amazing. She, We would start the mastermind where she would turn to us and say, okay, who wants to share their biggest brag for the week? And I remember it was a little bit awkward and comfortable for people to do that, and then I started to love it, and I was always the first one raising my hand. You know, what's your biggest brag? Sometimes we feel awkward sharing what we're so, ha- what we're so proud of, but why is it that we turn to quickly you know, degrade ourselves and reprimand ourselves by sharing the things we're doing wrong. So, or you keep a voice note, however you wanna do it, or if you just even proclaim it out loud, okay, because proclaiming something actually brings within a lot of power. What we proclaim is what we actually end up bringing into our lives. What are you grateful for about yourself? What are the good things that you're doing? When you come to acknowledge the good that you're doing, the, the accomplishments that you've already achieved, that actually gives you the momentum and propels you forward to accomplish more. Sometimes, you know, we look at the, the gap and where we want to be. And we constantly look at the gap and it sort of makes us feel like crushes us. My goodness, how are we ever going to get there? But what we need to remember to do every so often is stop. Instead of looking forward, look backward. You might wonder what do you mean look backward. We are always taught to look forward. No, look backward at what you've already accomplished and give it voice in words, in written word, however. So if you start your morning by either writing down or proclaiming something that you're grateful for, something about yourself that you're grateful for, that in itself can completely uh, sort of shift the way that you treat yourself. The other thing I would tell you is have segment off a specific thing that is your time, that it's sacred. It's your sacred time. For example, okay, for me, it's separate it's several things. One, I love sports. Okay. I love sports and I love playing basketball. It's something I absolutely love. I recently moved back in April to Jerusalem. Back when I was in the States, my sacred time was Tuesday evenings at 7 PM. It didn't matter if somebody was going to call me with a meeting that was going to potentially get me a a million dollar donor. It didn't matter. 7 PM was my sacred time. That's when I went to my community center, and I played basketball with the girls in my community. I was part of a league. I loved it. One of the first things that I did when I came to Jerusalem is find a basketball league. It it happened to also be that it's Tuesday nights. Doesn't matter what's going on, if it's raining, if it's snowing, if I'm not even feeling a little bit great, Tuesday nights are sacred for me. And I go and I have that time to play basketball. Something, whether it's once a week, whether it's twice a week, you know, I, I happen to have uh, in addition my Friday nights through Saturday nights are also sacred time. No technology. My phone is off. My computer is off. I'm no TV. I'm completely separated from all of the rest of the world. For me, it's called Shabbat. It's part of it's part of my religion. But I was talking with a lot of uh, friends of mine that are not that are not religious or not Jewish, and and they. They're like, wow, I love this concept of Shabbat, like taking a, a day where you disconnect from technology. And it was, it's really considered to be my sacred day. I, you know, because no matter what goes on during the week, you have this this 24-hour period, 25-hour period where you focus on who you are and where you want to go. It's amazing. So taking, giving yourself a little bit of that self-care, whether it's a day, an hour, Whatever it is, but really sticking to it, making it part of your routine, because if it's just going to be something that you haphazardly incorporate, you're always going to push it aside and say, "Ah, but you know what? it's okay, I have to really do this. it's important. If it's something that's set in your schedule, you're more you're more likely to actually stick to it. These are just a couple of things in terms of giving a little bit back to yourself and even incorporating something where you maybe give to others, whether it's you know uh, you segment something that you really want to accomplish. I create, um, the beginning of my year, every year, I write down three sets of goals, personal goals, professional goals, and spiritual goals. And I list these goals of what I want to see my life change by the following year. But I don't just write it and then put it away and then not look at it until the next year. What I do is I take that list and then I break it down into checklists of something I can look at each day. Okay, well, if I want to accomplish that personally or spiritually or whatever it is, by the end of the year, what do I need to start doing on a daily basis or a weekly basis that's going to help me in the year from now get there? And one of the things on my checklist is to actually read the list because sometimes we can become so, we feel so bad. Oh, I didn't take that that time to go for a walk or I didn't do this or I didn't volunteer or I didn't do, we, we feel so negative that we can't check things off of our list. So what do we do? We take that list and we tuck it far away and we don't want to look at it because it makes us feel guilty. So one of the things on my checklist is to read the list. So I know that even if I didn't do one thing on my list that day, I can click, I can check off that I read my list. And doing that helps us to become more mindful of what we want and to remind ourselves on a daily basis. Because just making a resolution in the beginning of the year, and then, you know, maybe looking at twice during the year, that's not going to help us get to the place that we want to get to. Make your to-do list of what is important to you, what's important to you in terms of your own self growth how you want to see yourself in a year from now. And make them small and attainable. Mm, I love that, Uli. And it's really
0: fascinating. Just today we were talking about, you, you were talking about breaking. We were talking about holding back information because of not coming across as showing off. Yes. and what you're saying because it, it, we see that a lot we see that a lot where people are always showing off on social media or bragging on social media and then you know just from I guess from there's the other flip side of that where people are not are comparing themselves to these kind of individuals and it puts them in the completely uh opposite uh, I guess scenario where they start doubting themselves and putting themselves down and so we were looking at how 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 does that actually work? With
1: the way that you've described it, it's more like inspirational. Yes. Well, there's two ways of this, okay? So there's two there's two sides to this coin here because you're bringing up a really good point. What ends up happening is, first of all, number one, it's my belief that people should have a limited time on social media. I, I really do believe that. I, I believe that social media does a lot of good. I wouldn't be where I am today if had social media not been a part of it, you know, but we can sometimes get consumed by looking at others. Maybe that are doing things in the same spaces we are. And we look at their accomplishments and their achievements, and it makes us, as we continue to look at it, it, makes us feel lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. If it's doing that to you, you need to stop. You really, really need to stop and give yourself either a break or only limit or only limit your time on there to a certain amount. It's not that people are bragging. The problem is like this, okay? Being able to share the good that you're doing is important. If it's coming from the right space, if it's coming from a space of 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 um of insecurity, then it's going to come off to people as bragging. Okay. So this is also like a litmus test for where this is coming from. You know, the difference between arrogance and confidence, it's really how you're sharing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can determine how, what, what the strength is of another person based on how the, how you feel when you're reading what they're sharing. I know this sounds a little bit crazy and there's a little bit of psychology behind this, but the, the idea is as follows. Sharing, why is it that we feel like we can share all the negative? Because there's a lot of negative being shared on social media, but we can't share the good that we're doing. When you're going to write, and if you feel like, oh, I don't want to come off as bra- bragging, ask yourself what kind of a place is it coming from within yourself? Is it coming from a place? And no one can answer this but you. Understand? And the way that you're feeling is the way it's going to come off to the people reading it, I promise you. If you're If you're coming from a place of, you know, this is, I just got so inspired by this thing that happened. I was at the supermarket and I helped this person and we had a great encounter and I want to share this. And it made, cause it made you feel good. Not because, oh, I want to share this because, oh, I have to find something I want to share on social media that's positive And I want people to know about what I'm doing. Just the, sec- just the thought of you thinking those things, something in the way you're writing it, th- you have to understand life is about energy. So you're putting energy into it. You could write the same exact words, I promise. You could write the same paragraph and people will read it one way and get sort of this negative twinge and people create it another way and get this positive. And it's all to do with the energy that you used when you were writing it. I know it sounds ridiculous. Not at all, no. You know, and, and you know, sometimes if I'm feeling in a negative mood, I won't go in and an answer social media comments because I know it's not, not going to come from the right space, even if I'm writing the same words. So you need to ask yourself, where is the motivation for you writing it? or you sharing it, because why do I encourage people to share the good and the positive things they're doing? Because what you write might inspire somebody else and say, wow, you know, I never thought of doing an act of kindness like that, paying for somebody's groceries at the, at the supermarket or letting somebody cut ahead of me. I'm going to try that. So think about it like this. When you share the positive, if it's coming from a positive place, you are now being a catalyst to inspire others to do the same and to also feel that same great feeling that you felt. Mm-hmm. So look at it as a service that you're providing, but it needs to come from a positive space. If it's coming from, I want people to see me. Oh, look at me, look at me. It's going to come off that way to people. So yeah. it, it can't come from that space. You know, remember you are awesome. Even if other people don't think it, <laughs> even if you don't have, you know, thousands of likes on your post, you're still awesome. It, 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 zero has to do with those numbers. They're, they're just fake. They're, just remember that they're totally fake. Okay. So, um, where you're coming from is important, but the other I, the other aspect is how you're reading things You know, we can get lost in this digital world of media Where we look at others you have to realize that even though a person might be pop- posting all the positive that's going on in their life Don't think that they don't have down days. You know, I'm very very careful about that. I remember somebody asked me they're like early How are you always happy? I said always happy? We said I'm always happy. You know, I did a challenge this past it was on my personal profile about a few months ago, it was very hard for me to do, but it was really, really amazing. Every day, I, I did a 40-day challenge where every day I was going to a specific space here in Jerusalem. It's a, a religious area, um, the Western Wall, and I was I was praying every day for 40 days, and then and I was praying for something specific, and I was proclaiming it. My my match, my 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 other half, uh, and I was proclaiming it. I would go and I would pray, and after that, I would make a Facebook live you know, day one of whatever, and I would have to proclaim it live on Facebook. It was not easy to say that I'm looking to find my husband. This is what I want to find. It's really not easy, but it it inspired a lot of people to realize that you don't need to feel so embarrassed about certain things. And there were days I didn't know what I was going to say on Facebook Live. There were days that I would I would cry and I wouldn't. off. And there were days where I was strong and there were days where I was happy, days where I was pensive, days where I was. There's a reason I was doing that is because it's important that people understand the full gamut of emotions that, com- that comes with things. No one's going to always be up and no one's going to always be down. But if we look at social media as this, oh, wow, that's a person's life, we sometimes can question our own life. Like, how come we're not there? How come we're feeling this way? You have to be able to take it in its perspective. It's important to, sh- to, to know and to recognize that the people that are, that are also sh- showing all that positive, the people that are really successful out there in life, not there's no overnight success there. There was a lot of hardship and a lot of discouragement and a lot of pain, and a lot of crying and a lot of pushing and a lot for everybody. So you're not alone. You're not mm. alone. You just need to believe a little bit more in yourself. It's okay. It's okay to have your own process and to be down. The question is, are you going to be able to pick yourself back up? Yep.
0: I can't. I'm trying to think who said it, but I can't remember who it was. But they said that when your down days, depressing days, anxiety days, whatever that may be, they come and go. They're like clouds. So sometimes the sky is clear, there's no clouds in the sky,
1: the sun is shining, and other times there's lots of clouds, but they come and go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, faith is not about being able to, to trust in yourself when it's a clear day and you can see what's ahead of you. Faith is being able to walk in a dark room and, and be able to trust that the person that's in front of you or the people that love you are leading you down the right path. It's being able to, to have that faith in the darkness. Mm. It's not easy to have it. It's not easy to, to, to take those steps when you don't know what's coming. But that's exactly where that belief comes from, to believe a bit in yourself. Mm. You have everything that you need in, 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 in the suitcase in a sense that was given to you when you entered into this world. You have everything that you need to succeed. You don't need to look into another person's suitcase to see what they have and question why you don't have it. Because if you don't have it, it means you don't need it for where you're going. On the trip that you're going, on the journey that you're headed on, you don't need it. You're going somewhere else. And what you have in your suitcase is exactly what you need. But you need to respect what you have enough. Honor it. Don't always look outwards at what other people got. Honor what you have. And suddenly you're going to become a lot more creative to, to, to figure out. How you can utilize it to best advance you best advance the world. Mm. Oh I love the analogy. It's awesome.
0: So Oli, having a look at all the websites that you've got. So you've got Life Vest Inside, Dance for Kindness, and we'll have this on the show notes, by the way, for our listeners. Kindness Boomerang and Project Hope Exchange. What kind of advice would you give somebody? Because you know they 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 say that most, and we do have a lot of uh, individuals who are either in business or who are entrepreneurs and young entrepreneurs as well. What would be a piece of advice that you would like to give them um, as a way to overcome those roadblocks in business? Because um, there there are different reasons as to why people fail to succeed
1: in business. What are your thoughts around that? That's that's a really great. First of all, in terms of just failing to succeed, number one, if you never try, you'll never fail. Now, that doesn't mean that if you see that something isn't working, okay, you have to always look, being able to succeed is always about problem solving, and it's always about reevaluating. I reevaluate constantly. Like, I feel like that's just a whole job of its own, because sometimes we, we we choose a path, and we're like, okay, no, this is going to be the only way I'm going to get to that goal. And what happens is we block ourselves off from See, now I'm not saying that it's important to focus because if you're going to be all over the place, you're never going to be able to get to where you need to get to. OK, but if something comes about that's sort of stopping you is like a roadblock, don't just say, you know, some, the question you have to be able to evaluate whether it's there as a stumbling block that you need to push through or maybe it's coming to teach you that you need to shift your perspective a little bit. You have to decide that because every case is different. Okay, so it's not going to be one way or the other. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes the roadblock that you're facing or the challenge that you're facing in business is there to challenge you to push through because nothing just comes like you know click of a button. It, it doesn't work that way. But sometimes those those obstacles, those bumps, are there to help you reevaluate, to look, to shift your perspective a little bit. Yes, maybe you're going to get to that same end game, but maybe you need to take a, bit of a detour. Maybe that program that you created, even though you think it's the best ever. Maybe it needs a little bit of tweaking. You need to listen sometimes to advice, but be very careful about how you take people's advice as well. Because it's very easy for people to come in, look at your business, and then tell you, oh, why well, you do this or this or this or this. And then sometimes you get so overloaded by the advice that you get, okay, that you, you you start from scratch, you throw out all your notes, you throw it away, and then you you try that path. And then that there has to be a level of – and I know I'm not giving a straight-out answer here because – the reason that is, is because for every case is different. You need to also trust your intuition. You have to remember, you know what you're doing better than anyone. Yes, other people can see it from the outside and give you advice because sometimes we're too close to what we're doing to see it. So you need to be able to take in that advice, but remember to trust your intuition as well. So I know I'm saying two opposing things here, but they're not. It's 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 a balancing act. You have mm. to be able to balance from listening to others as well as listening to your own intuition because sometimes we can take others' advice so much we're like, but they're so successful, they're telling you have to do this, and you completely shift everything, and then you find yourself back again, and you're back and forward, you're back and forward. Sometimes you need to be able to trust your intuition and to go forward and to know that maybe you're going to trust your intuition and things aren't going to pan out. That's okay. You take the lessons that you learned from that supposed failure because I – Nothing is really a failure. yes, something can fail. but if it taught you something, then it's really a stepping stone to success, right? Because you, you would't have learned that something had you not made that mistake. okay hmm. so I, I know it's, I know it could seem like I'm not really giving that straight answer. Or are you saying both things? But yeah, it's, it's a balancing act. you know when you're going to look to start something, if I when I started this organization, if I looked too, too far ahead, I always say you have to dream big but you have to think small. What do I mean by that? If you're gonna only look at the big dream, sometimes that big dream can stop you from actually starting to take the practical steps to make it happen. That you're constantly in the clouds of like what it's gonna be, what it's gonna be, that you're not doing the, the bottom line work to make it actually come about. There's only so much uh, theory you can talk about with people of how to run a business and all. At the end of the day, sometimes you have to actually get started. You need to, you need to say, okay, I got it. I got to get started. What are the steps to get me there? And and, and break it down because, you know, uh, if I waited for the funds to do certain things or the amount of funds I needed, I would never have started. You know, a lot of what I'm doing with the organization is starting no money, like just an idea, and I just had to get started. You know, what I want it to be. Take it little by little by little. Break it down into its parts. Well, if you have this big idea, and I do this a lot with people that that. that friends of mine that call me and they're like, okay, I want to do this. I'm like, okay, great. Here's your job. That's a great goal. Here's your one task to do only do this. You finished it. Great. Now you do this. Then you do the next step. So you have to be able to break it down into its parts. And remember that it's never, nothing's going to ever be perfect. If I waited for life as Inside to be perfect, I wouldn't be here because I'm such a perfectionist. Okay. I created the Kindest Boomerang film, the one that went viral, reached over 100 million people globally, back in the summer of 2010. September 1st, 2010 is when I shot the video. I was, after I shot that video, went back to school that following week is when I realized I gotta put my all into this, told the school I'd be taking the following year off to see what would happen if I give my all to it. Now, what people don't know is I didn't show anyone that video for one year. I didn't post it, okay? Because I wanted to get the website ready and this ready and that ready. That following year when I was no longer in school, it was already October, and I'm like, oh, when am I going to get things ready? How come they're not happening? I was like, you know. And I said to myself, you know what? I don't have a website. I don't have this. I don't have that. But maybe this video is going to touch somebody. All I did was made it live on YouTube. I did nothing else. I said, who knows? Who, maybe someone's going to stumble on it. It was because I made that choice to just take something I had and start. That video went crazy viral. No, I didn't put any money into marketing. have no idea how people saw it. But obviously connected with people and it reached over, at this point, well over, well over 100 million people. Because sometimes at the end of the day, we need to just start. We need to put it out there and let the magic happen. If we think that we're in control of every little piece, you are fooling yourself. You are not. Sometimes it's magic that happens when you let go a little bit of the control and give up a little to it. We're, I'm not saying just throw things out to the, to the wall haphazardly, but... You can't plan a viral video. I mean, I know people think that you can't. People ask me, what did you do? I don't know. I put my heart into it. My heart was there. It was into the words that I wrote in the script. It was into that day that I filmed. It was into everything. And I knew why I wanted to do it. So stop focusing more on what I need to do for it to be successful in the beginning. Focus on your passion of why you're doing it. People will connect, they will. You know, so you have to trust a little bit. You have to be flexible a little bit to be able to, to, to compromise on sometimes on perfection, to be able to compromise your vision and realize that maybe you were looking to go through this door, but that door seems to be locked. You know what? There's a little bit of a crack in a window right next to it. To go through that window. You have to be able to, to reevaluate and, to, and to, to problem solve. That's it. You have to problem solve.
0: Wow, I love it. And just going back on some of the stuff that you were talking about, Ria, uh, to um, when you're talking about the bumps and the blocks, I mean, you're basically saying they are your signs as a way to move forward. Um, because you're actually reevaluating your position and then you're actually, uh, solving your problems. And then you were talking about intuition and listening, which really is, I mean, you can follow your gut feeling or your intuition, but it's also good to have a bit of a mentor. So listening and, and intuition, especially if it's someone that you're listening to who's experienced business before or even a life experience before. Uh, but I really truly believe in what you were saying, like follow your gut feeling and failure is your teacher. So everything that you're talking about absolutely makes sense,
1: and I agree about having a mentor. Now, the ment the idea of the mentor is not that they're going to tell you what to do. More than anything, okay. I I was working with a- with a coach. Her name is Alicia Saint Germain. She's an amazing amazing woman, um, and you know, it wasn't like she was telling me what to do. She was a sounding board for me. It's very important to have within your like whether it be a mentor that's doing this, somebody that could be your sounding board, because generally we can talk when we are able to talk out loud, we find the answers that are really there. But when we're always in our head, it, it doesn't come out. So being able to have a sounding board of somebody that can challenge you a little bit and someone that you can speak to that can listen and allow you to work through your process is really helpful to get you to where the ideas that you want to get to. And mm-hmm. to understand what you is really saying because sometimes it can trick us and we want to do things more out of our pride if not a feeling like oh i failed sometimes we're, we're connected more to our pride than anything else we have to recognize where where those feelings are coming from and we don't want to maybe let go or or shift or, or or compromise is it coming from pride or or from somewhere else you know and having a, a mentor and a sounding board actually helps you to do to um, to get there Absolutely,
0: and I, I love the fact that you shared your video story because we do have a lot of entrepreneurs and solopreneurs that listen to this show, and quite often it's about your, exactly what you're saying. It's about letting go of the control because quite often they hold back and say, my website not ready or this is not ready. It's just about putting it out there, and that's how you learn and gauge what's working, what's not working, and then uh, and it's okay to uh, put it out there even if it's not fully finished or even get your tribe to help you. Finish your project or your website, get them to That's sort a, of gauge
1: with you uh, until That's you complete we, it. Yes, because that actually, if anything, that really brings that gives people ownership mm. of what you're doing, and then they're even more connected to what you're about. If you like, I've involved our community of people, like when I was creating the new logos for Dance for Kindness and for whatever, I would on our like group leaders for our, our main event, our Dance for Kindness event, I would put up things, okay, guys. Which logo do you like more? Like who has an idea for what we're going to call this or what we're going to. And people love that. And then mm-hmm. when you're taking those ideas and you're listening, now you're, you're including them in the process. For me, I don't own LifeFest Inside. I never will. I don't. I love we, that. the people own Life Fest Inside. I know and I say it all the time. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to all of us. Because, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I mean that when I say that. And so, the more that you involve people in your process, and sometimes you can feel like, but it might be coming off as weakness. No, it's showing that you're a human being. And guess what, guys? People want to connect with human beings, right? Don't you? Is it annoying to only connect with somebody that always looks like everything that they're doing is perfect? We like to connect with human beings. I mean, we are human beings. So, be a human being. It's okay. Uh Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely.
0: So, before we wrap up, uh, I would love to really unpack for our listeners the uh, Dance for Kindness, Kindness Boomerang, which we'll have on the show notes, and Project
1: Hope Exchange. Do you want to talk us through what they do? 100%. So, the main organization, the mothership, uh, is Life Vest Inside. That's the nonprofit I started seven years ago and the mission is to inspire, empower and educate people to lead a life of kindness. Now the way that we do that, the way that we bring this message into the world is through inspirational media like film, uh, through education, developing curriculum, through technology, um, that, which is Project Hope Exchange, and through global events, Okay, which is, uh, which is like Dance for Kindness. So each of these websites really are sort of branches of the organization. Uh, so you can learn a lot about the organization on the Life Essence Inside website. Our new website is going to be launching hopefully within the next month. Uh, I'm really excited for that. Dance for Kindness is our global event. It's an annual worldwide flash mob that takes place, took place last year in over 120 cities, 50 countries, all on the same day to kick off World Kindness Week. It's basically a happening that people come together and all of a sudden break out into dance and it happens all over the world on the same day to the same song and the same dance. And it's completely volunteer run. We have group leaders from ages 10 to age 76, and at its core, it's really a leadership training program where our group leaders receive skills and resources to not only help them put this event together, it's not about this event, but to be able to learn how to take a big idea and break it into its parts and make it actually come into fruition. And the, the, the community of individuals that come together is absolutely unbelievable. People from all different races, religions, ethnicities, and backgrounds. And that event happens every November. Uh, we're now going into our eighth annual event, which is really amazing. And you can learn more about that on the danceforkindness.com website. Project Hope Exchange is a platform, a technology platform, that we, where, whereby we collect, aggregate, and share 30-second anonymous audio messages of hope from individuals that have been through adversity to others going through that same adversity. The, the ideology behind the site is that the best way to get hope is when you give hope. Oftentimes, when we give advice to somebody, we're actually speaking to ourselves, which is very true. And so through this, there are many different adversities in this world, whether it be physical health, mental health, or life challenges. You can come onto the site and record a 30 second anonymous audio message of hope based on an adversity you're facing. So maybe you're facing loss, God forbid, or maybe somebody you know is going through cancer, or maybe uh, you're going through a divorce. Whatever it is, you can go onto the site and record a 30 second message of hope based on that adversity that you're either going through or have passed. All the messages are vetted and then placed into categories. You can also come on and click on Get Hope. Select from the bucket a physical health, mental health or life challenge and then select the specific adversity. So if you click on cancer, the platform will sort through all the audio messages left by people that have either gone through cancer or going through cancer or have family members going through cancer. And you can listen to these 30 second nuggets of hope because it helps us a lot more when we hear from people that actually are going through and experiencing what we're experiencing as opposed to somebody just coming and saying, oh, it's going to be okay. Uh, so that's Project Hope Exchange. And the Kindness Boomerang site, that's really for the book. Kindness Boomerang is the name of the film that went viral. It's also the name of the book that came out just two years ago. And it's a less than a day book in kindness. For every day of the year, there's an act of kindness, an inspirational quote, and then a short reflection on the power of paying it forward. One page for every day. And there are 12 categories of kindness that repeat throughout the course of the book, whether it be kindness with yourself, with strangers, in the home, in the school, in the workplace, uh, you know, with. Uh, with nature and so on and so forth that work repeat throughout the course of the book which makes for a great uh book for yourself and is a great gift for others it's been used a lot in schools within companies just individually as personal growth and development and it helps to increase our awareness to the small things that truly make a difference so that's the kindest boomerang website everything you could get to from just the lifeessenceside.com website uh but there you'll be able to learn a lot more we also have a two newsletters that go out, one is a daily called The Daily Kind that goes out Monday through Friday that has an act of kindness, a positive affirmation, a quote, and then a a kindness media, something positive going on in the world. It's like a 30-second read to kickstart your day. And the other is The Kindness Flash, which basically is a monthly newsletter focused on a specific theme. So this month, for example, the theme is Opportunity. And within it, we both create and curate content based on that theme. We show on Facebook Live, where we discuss that specific theme every Wednesday. Uh, so these are some of the ways that you guys can get involved. You can find us on our social media, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Life Fest Inside. I definitely recommend um, subscribing to our YouTube channel. I put up weekly videos where I do a reading from the book and then give us all a kindness challenge. It's a really great way to start your week. It's called The Kindness Kickoff, and it goes out every Monday around 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, so these are some, some things where you can, you know, get further involved and see some of the resources that, that we provide there. Wow. Oli, how do you do it? How do you find the time in your day to do all of this? I gotta I'm gonna say, it's not easy. It's really, it's it's very difficult. And I'm going through right now a process of re-evaluation. One of the things I'm doing after our call today, I have a meeting with somebody that is in the business field, because that's really not where my strength particularly is. I love the execution, but the the, I, I'm trying right now to figure out a way to keep this organization sustainable. Something mm-hmm. to know okay, is that for the past seven years, I haven't taken a salary. It's been seven years I haven't taken a salary. That's not so easy. Um, I, I really build myself based on uh, speaking engagements now. That's mm-hmm. how I bring in uh, you know, revenue for myself. But um, getting the organization to a sustainable place has not been an easy feat. And it's something that's very difficult for me. Uh, because I'm very close to it, it's it's a little bit hard, you know, and um, I'm actually meeting with somebody today that, uh, you know, again, is going to be my sounding board where I can figure out what the organization really needs, what sort of investment, what sort of don- donation to help it get to a sustainable place. Because I have to be able to bring on board employees. We are running right now without any employees. I'm a full-time volunteer for the organization. I have a couple of really amazing volunteers that work with me as well, but It's hard. It's sometimes really tough. It's challenging to be able to juggle all these, all of these things. And I've only really shared and touched on not even all of them. It's, you know, it uh, it wouldn't be what it was without the volunteers that we have, but it's, it's difficult. You know, um, I'm in that, that growing pains position right now. Mm. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm headed to a meeting right now. I'm going to get it there. I know. Um, but it's, it's, you know, there are days where it could be a challenge. And again, like I said, it's about reprioritizing. So that's something I'm looking at right now is saying, well, which are the things that make me super excited about the organization that I want to be able to spend most of my time on and which are maybe things that I are amazing, but maybe I need to put a pin in them right now. They're still going to be there. But um, sometimes my biggest thing is, you know, I love doing so many things and I'm trying to get myself focused in on um, right now on getting these few things that we're really good at working really well and making them sustainable. And then I can grow outwardly. So that's what I'm right now in the process and the growing pains of doing. Hmm. Um, But yeah, that's uh, I was about to, what comes to
0: mind is it's, it's got to be a a fair exchange, you know, so the the work you're putting in, you have to also receive and, There are investors out there, like angel investors, that you can actually put a proposal forward and actually get them to invest money in your projects because they're amazing
1: projects. Yeah, this is exactly my point because what I've been able to figure out from the organization is that we have actually a revenue model with almost every initiative. And so we can actually become a sustainable, even though we're a nonprofit, still needs to run like a business, we can come up with a sustainable way to keep this organization running with just a one-time angel investment. My goal right now is to figure out well what is that number and how can it be realistic that this is going to turn into something that can be sustainable. And that as it continues to grow, it can add on more things, but only to, to grow once you've created that sustainable model that, wow, when we do this, if I can bring on so and so and so on, we have the ability to, to generate the revenue that we need on an annual basis. Because I don't wanna have to be going to get angel investors every year, every few years My barometer of success is, how can this organization sustain itself simply from itself, you know? And that's what I've been putting in a lot of time and work on over the past few months. And I feel like I'm almost there. So I'm I'm really excited about cracking that nut because I think it's something that we all um, struggle with. And sometimes because we're not sure, well, where is that next big break gonna come from? Sometimes we have our arms out in so many directions. We have so many ideas because we don't know what's gonna take But sometimes doing that can actually prevent us from growing at the pace that we need to. Mm. At least that's been the case for me. You know, uh, that's what I hear from, but it's hard for me to do it because, again, I'm doing this without donations. Do you know how much donations we get on a monthly basis? We're bringing in only, what, $200. People don't believe that when I tell them that because on the outward, on the website, it looks like, whoa. This organization looks like it's like a multimillion dollar company or whatever it is, you know, Mm. but it's not. It's literally I'm just having to be perfectionist and very into design and creation of all these things. But it does it does need, you know, it does need help. And sometimes being able to let people know that you need that help um, is an important part of the struggle as well. Sometimes. And again, that's I guess it's to do with. Uh, maybe it's to do with pride. Maybe I'm not sure, you know. But I know that I need to crack that nut. So I recognize my weaknesses. I know where my strengths are, but I recognize my weaknesses, and I need to become a little bit more aware of them and be willing to, like I said, give up a little bit on some of the control to 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 grow in that way, you know. And, and that's what I'm hoping to do over this year. I really am.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm sure you're going to um, achieve that without a problem. So, Ollie, what we do. As we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? The one word for me
1: would be empowerment, yep. hands down. Absolutely. Empower-
0: yep. And the other thing that we ask our woman of inspiration is to pick three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets or practical exercises that you would like to leave for
1: our listeners? Great question. So I would say the first, the first one is um, to be able to set aside some sort of uh, sacred time for yourself within your week where you come to recognize and appreciate who you are. That's going to really shift a lot of things in your life. Because no matter how crazy things are, you'll always have that one thing. So choose that one thing. Whether, whether like I said, we've, we've given many different examples over the course of the show. That's one thing to be able to find somebody that can be your sounding board, somebody that you trust as a mentor, where you can share and grow and also figure out what it is within you that you're sort of wanting to bring into the world. Uh, And also to be able to be flexible. Recognize the importance in being flexible. Uh, This again is connected to the concept of sounding board. Um, Come to recognize that Sometimes the the goal, you're still going to get there, but the path that you're going to take to get there might be a little bit different than what you initially uh, thought out. Don't be afraid to be flexible with it.
0: Mm. Oh, Oli, absolutely love all of them. Oli, um, we'll have everything on the show notes. I cannot thank you enough for thank coming you. on the show and your one – hell of an inspirational woman that's all I can say and a young woman of that as well Um, so thank you for your time your energy
1: and sharing your wisdom with us thank you so much I really appreciate being here and I appreciate what you're doing to inspire others around the world to be their best selves
0: thank you so very much that brings us to the end of another episode I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift, where you have a choice from six guided meditations. Or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week. Please take care of yourself.